On this AFC Divisional Round preview of Locked On Texans, Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610 stops by the show to discuss whether or not the Houston Texans have a realistic chance to move on to the next round. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this AFC Divisional Round Preview of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Credential Media member, Cody M. Davis, and the best co-host in the world, John Hickman. You guys already know we've been turning up ever since the start of the playoffs. And look, I understand on the side of the screen it says we're going to close off the show with some YouTube comments. However... After the conversation I had with Brandon K. Scott, he was dropping so many good gems to the point I just felt the need that I want to end off the show with B. Scott again, again, because everything that he said, y'all listeners and viewers, was good. And I think you guys are going to need that information in, in, in to find out whether or not if the Houston Texans have a very good, realistic chance to move on to the next round. But before we get into all that, um, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Yes, sir. John, we ended off Friday's installment of Locked On Texans talking about whether or not C.J. Stroud, is it fair to call C.J. Stroud the best rookie quarterback of all time? It's debatable to some, but I think if you put together a list, you're not going to get no more than, I think, three. You said RG3 has a resume. Um, Dan Marino, I think, had a phenomenal rookie campaign. But C.J. Stroud, man, he, he, he might take that. When you take a look at the final thoughts of this Baltimore Ravens game, and you take a look at how much we have seen C.J. Stroud grow and develop ever since we first laid eyes on him in rookie minicamp, where is your confidence level in terms of C.J. going to Baltimore? Inside Lamar Jackson's house and mm. outplaying him to help mm. the Texans move on to the next round. CJ may come out of that game like brother moves on. CJ, no, so I, I, I got so many Baltimore uh, references <laughs> because I love the wire. Uh, One of the all time greatest shows, by the way. Uh, no, no doubt about it. That's how you uh, know it's good if I know about it. No question. I have all the faith and confidence in CJ. I do. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even want to get into like why I think he can and this, that, and bring up this, that. You know, I, I brought up the stats um, yesterday on Friday and I said, listen, Houston got to get out early. They got to strike, strike while the iron's hot early in the game and, and put up points, be aggressive, right? We've seen that when they do that, they are seven and two, including the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, against the Browns in those games where, where they score first. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily fare well in games where they don't score first. So I can say that, right? Um, we know that when this team has issues converting on third downs, then the drives are not sustained. And then now you're looking at Cameron Johnson. Johnson, excuse me, out on the field. Great. By the way, un- unsung hero of the season. 
I did a very good job of punting for Houston this year. Hmm. But you don't want to necessarily too too much of him. You don't want to see that that much of him. So I, I can mention all of that, but when it comes down to it, I believe that CJ can beat whoever because CJ believes he can beat whoever. Hmm. And not only does he believe it, that's what he's achieving, right? So mm-hmm. I don't even want to do a long drawn out. I'm doing it now, trying to think of ways, <laughs> but I don't want to do it. Yes, I believe in CJ Stroud being able to beat the Baltimore Ravens, having an opportunity if he does beat them, beating either the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. I believe he can do it. Hmm. And I will 100% agree with you, John. And look, on the crossover show, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, you have to respect the Ravens defense. They are one of the best defensive teams in the league. We already know the numbers. You know, they finished the regular season top of the league in sacks, I think with 60. Um, They finished near the top of the league in in pressures and all that other good stuff. And I understand in order for CJ to go out there and have the success that we have been seeing, um, the offensive line, they got to make sure they do their job as well. However, when I just take a look at CJ alone, man, I'm not just basing it off of the fact that, you know, it's because of his belief. It's because of what we have what we have witnessed in his very first season. John, do you know, going back to Saturday's game against the Cleveland Browns, this is a rookie quarterback who has beaten the likes of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Cleveland. That's four. Matter of fact, if you make a list of the top, 10 defensive teams in the league. All four of those teams that I just named, regardless of where you rank them, rank them, will be in the top 10. Especially given the fact that all of those teams, especially when you take a look at what Mike Tomlin has been able to able to do for what 17, 18 years now. Um, uh, by the way, I love the fact that he's returning for another season, but To know that you did that against some of the best offensive-minded coaches of their generation, and in Mike Tomlin's case, one of the best offensive-minded coaches of all time, it says a lot about CJ. And just look, here's a quick stat that I found that I want to share with you really quick before we get into B. Scott. Saturday against the Cleveland Browns, against man coverage, he went 10 of 13 for 192 yards and two touchdowns. In zones, six for eight. 82 yards and one touchdown. So it's just, it's just been a remarkable run that CJ has been on, man. And I finally understand whether from a fan perspective, whether from a reporter perspective, from an analyst perspective, it's like there are certain players, certain quarterbacks where it doesn't matter who your team is going against. As long as you have that one guy under center, yeah. You always feel like that team has a chance. And CJ, man, if he ain't trending this, in this, that way, he's already in that category. I, I hate to say this because I don't like to put this type of pressure on, on, on young guys, but that's how I felt for 20 years. Mm. Y'all okay. know what I'm talking about. It's okay because that's one of his mentors. That's how Ryan Tracy from the Locked On Chiefs and maybe Ron – Hughley, uh, the show from uh, 16, mm-hmm. right? That's how a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans feel. Like, even with the drops this mm. year, how bad that receiving core is, a lot of people feel like all you need is Mahomes to get it done. Mm. All I needed when I go back to the 28 3 blown lead by Atlanta, all I needed to see was TB12 walking out on that field. 
And for Houston, maybe that run is cut short after this game. I still understand and can see Houston winning this game, but the mindset of all I need is CJ7 on that field. That's real. That is real. And when you look at quarterbacks that made you believe that, it's not that many. Not that many. It ain't that many that did it in a rookie year. The only rookie quarterback I can go back and think to myself that, say, man, as long as you're on the field, you got a shot. Andrew Luck. It's true. You know, uh, I thought from day one, Andrew Luck was phenomenal. So did I think about Andrew RG3 as well, but the injuries that took place. But CJ is one of those guys where, is he out there? Is he healthy? Okay. We got a shot. Down 10, four minutes left. We got a shot. Need to drive down for 46 seconds. All is left on the clock. We got CJ. We got we, we can go down there and do it. That's how cold I think CJ. I don't even want to get into political words. That boy's <sighs> cold, man. Hmm. So, yeah, you got a shot. Well, as long as he's on the field, you can win the game. And I think, again, it's going to be a hell of a fight Saturday. CJ7 versus Lamar Jackson. I know we come to the Locked On Texans podcast and many of our Locked On podcast shows to escape the realities of real life. But let's be real for a moment and talk about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right now in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my significant other or my child got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from receiving life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we have a shot to be okay with Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including others like sinuses and skin infections. This stuff could happen to any of us, and it's very important to be prepared. Just visit jacemedical.com, fill out a review. It will be reviewed by an onboard physician, and your medication will be dispensed directly to you by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. There's never been more important to be prepared today than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code Locked on to get $20 off your order. And you also should not have to worry about, not where the medication is coming from. You shouldn't have to worry about that. But where or how you're going to get your next ticket to the next big event in your city or if you're traveling, whatever city you're traveling to. Because game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy all of your tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat. Where am I sitting? Where am I sitting? How close is it to the stage? And the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They got zone deals where you pick the section and game time picks the seats for a big-time savings. And game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, download the app on your phone, redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off your purchase. Download Game Time today. Today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this divisional round preview of Locked On Texans. And joining me is Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick. We are still playing football in the middle of January. Let's start off right there. <laughs> Man, so I'm in the building over here off of Greenway Plaza and mm-hmm. on the 19th floor. We're on the mm-hmm. 19th floor of Sports Radio 16. I'm here right now as we record this. And throughout the day, whenever I get in the elevator, go up and down, get, get in the elevator, I mean, I'm, and I'm rocking this Texans hoodie too. And, and people, you know, kind of have an understanding of what's going on on the 19th floor. They know there's a lot of sports guys up there. They see me in the elevator and they're like, man, isn't this exciting? I can't believe this is happening. I can't wait till the weekend. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I'm like, yo, you, you can't wait. You can't believe it, man. We're normally done with the football season at this time of year. We thought that this was a six win team on the improvement side. Like we thought improvement was going to be a step toward mediocrity. That's what we thought was going on with this Texan season. And then lo and behold, they're in what I what we'll call the elite eight of the NFL. They yes, are the, a, 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 one of eight finalists here. And, and I guess finalists is, is really two, but they are one of eight teams remaining left standing out of the 32. And it's just incredible to believe or to, to, to witness the turnaround, the glow up for the Texans this year, man. It is outstanding. Yeah, man, it's shocking. Every time I've drove up to the Texans training facility, the Houston Methodist Training Center, every time I get out that car and we still, you know, take in roll calls to see who's in practice, who's not at practice. Every time we 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 talking to Coach D'Amico, the coordinator, CJ, players in the locker room and stuff, bro. It's like when I leave from NRG Stadium, I'm like, we are here. Like, it's surreal. But B. Scott – Saturday is going to bring a very tough, tough matchup. The top seeded team in the AFC, Baltimore Ravens. How do you see the Texans matching up with the Ravens, especially considering the growth, the development, the improvements that we have seen over these last four months since these last two teams played against each other to open to open up the 2023 season? Yeah, man. I- I think it's a really good matchup. Like if if I'm the Ravens, I'm feeling pretty good about being the favorite. I'm feeling good about being the top seed. I'm feeling pretty good about the team if I'm the Ravens, if I'm a Ravens fan. But I'm also like acknowledging that the that these are not the Texans that you've faced before. Talk about having never beaten the Ravens out there. Talk about the 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 playoff record. And just just the overall history, history is not on the side of the Texans, but the Ravens are well aware from watching the tape of this season and especially watching the most recent tape and having played the Texans in the first game of the season that these are not like history is not something that you can apply to this team. Like, obviously, the the players are new. The coaches new, the regime is new. But it's not just the newness of it now. That was the exciting part going into the season was how mm-hmm. new everything was, how, you know, the uncharted territory, oh, what's the rookie quarterback going to look like? What's the first-year head coach going to look like? What's the first-year offensive coordinator and play caller going to look like? We know the answers to that now. And so the answer to what was intriguing is just as frightening and threatening to the Ravens in this round. And I think that there's something to be said for that. I think there's something to be said for how – the Texans have played these last few weeks 
you know, going back to, you know, even I, I'll even go back to the Titans game, New Year's Eve against the Titans. Then, of course, do or die against the Colts on the road to to, to not just finish the season, but to punch their ticket into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Then we saw against the Browns, you know, last Saturday at NRG Stadium in the divisional round, like th- there is, or I should say in the wildcard round, excuse me, there's just so much to this team that is different from what history tells us about the Texans and that sort of experimental moment, if you will, with the Ravens and the Texans in week one. Like the the Texans were trying to establish and figure out exactly who they were and what worked well for them. The, the Ravens aside, obviously that was the opponent. But they were trying to figure out exactly who they were at that point and hadn't quite figured it out yet. It hadn't even come close to figuring it out yet. And now so much time has gone by, so much time has elapsed, so much football has been played. They got the answers to that. Kind of had a feeling for what the Ravens are all about because they've they've sort of had an identity for basically forever as long as they've been in, the, in existence and especially since they've had Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, so, so like now, how does the new information, how do the, the, the Ravens compensate for the new information that they have on the Texans? The fact that I, I was talking about this on the radio today, Cody. That first game in week one, the Texans and people who observe the Texans and follow the Texans, and I would even say the coaches themselves based off of what their game plan was, at that time, we were all under the impression that Damian Pierce was, if not the top weapon on this offense, certainly one of the top two or three weapons on this offense. Sure was. C.J. Stroud had not emerged yet. Tank Dell had not yet emerged. Nico Collins had not made it clear what he what he's made clear since then, and that's a, he's a number one caliber wide receiver. We couldn't mm-hmm. say that with a certain with a, with a degree of certainty at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Texans themselves could say that a degree of certainty at that time. What they did know is that they had a running back that was coming off a really good rookie season and that a rookie quarterback's best friend in his first game would be a a running back that you could rely on. And so I think back on that game and the heavy doses of Damian Pierce, how much action he got, especially particularly in critical moments. And how, and this is not a knock on Damian Pierce. This is not personal against Damian Pierce. He, he he is a contributor to the team, does things for them on special teams, has a great attitude, all of those things. Has admitted his sh- his own shortcomings this year. So, like, this is not to alone on him at all. I want that to be clear. I'm a big Damian Pierce fan. But the reality of it is this offense understands itself a lot better than it did in that week when it thought that Damian Pierce was one of its one, two, top one, top two, top three weapons on the offense. That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And so how does Devin Singletary factor into the run game? You know, like, uh, and we know the answer to that. He's their running back number one. What does that look like? How different does that look against this Baltimore defense? And then, of course, C.J. Stroud, way more comfortable, way much more so in his bag than he possibly could have been in that first game and that debut. So, man, I, I mean, I, I'm, I am so excited, so ready for this matchup, even if the Texans were to go out there and lose the game, if they go and play on brand and play consistent with what we've seen of them in recent weeks, then this should be a really exciting game, really encouraging moment for the Texans. Um, We go back September 10th. The Ravens defeated the Texans 25 to 9. 
Um, <clears throat> you already mentioned it, you know, we have really just talked about a lot of the growth that we are seeing, mainly more so out of the players, rightfully so, from both teams. Because um, the one thing about the Ravens, um, that was Lamar Jackson's first game since the season and the injury he sustained, new weapons, new offensive coordinator and stuff. And it was like, okay, they trying to put it together. Um, of course, Texans were trying to put it together. And here we are four months later um, with this rematch. B. Scott, how confident are you in the Texans coaching staff? Um, mainly, of course, D'Amico Ryans and defensive coordinator Matt Burt in them now putting together a defensive game plan to contain Lamar Jackson, because that is a very, I think that is where that is going to be the deciding factor as to whether or not the Texans can advance. And I understand it. Texans have a very good defense, the front four, they can do it all and all that other good stuff. But I feel like those two defensive minded guys have to really lock in and focus and orchestrate some type of defensive scheme to contain arguably, if not one of the most dangerous quarterback, the most dangerous quarterback in the game today. Yeah, I agree with your point. I agree with your overall point that the the matchup is going to be made or had between what this defense has for Lamar Jackson. What does this defense have for Lamar Jackson and his bevy of weapons out mm -hmm. there in Baltimore? I, I think that you know, for me, I'm much more, and I may have mentioned this, but I'm much more excited, or I should say, in terms of comfort level, I'm much more comfortable with what, and as strange as this may sound, right, because the, the Ravens have one of the better defenses in, in football, the top top six defense, uh, top ranked in, in, in points allowed, best in sacks. You know, they, they have a really, really good defense, and I don't want to, I don't want to overlook that. But I feel a lot better about C.J. Stroud in this offense, Bobby Slowick, C.J. Stroud in this offense against the Ravens defense than I do, per se, the Texans defense against the Ravens offense. And it's not because of the game plan. To answer your question quickly, I I'm confident in D'Amico Ryans and Matt Burke's ability to devise a game plan that makes sense and that puts the Texans in a position to be successful. I think mm -hmm. I think the game plan is going to be just fine. The worry here with the Ravens, I don't think is as much as the game plan. Obviously, the game plan could go south and could be wrong and all of that. There's there's room for error there. But the concern for me is not as much the game plan as it is the straight up execution of it all. You know, and I don't mean to be too cliche when I say execution because obviously all of it comes down to that. But, like, are they just flat out good enough to match up with some of these guys that the Ravens are going to throw at you, namely Lamar Jackson, mm -hmm. right? People talk about, Cody, people talk about, oh, well, you got to have a spy on Lamar Jackson. You got to set the edge against Lamar Jackson and don't break contain and all of this type of stuff. Well, you know what? That's very easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, like, yes, yes, that is true. You do need a spy on Lamar Jackson because, yes, newsflash, he runs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you need to have somebody that is mindful of that, that is watching Lamar Jackson and, and, and ready to respond if he breaks. Yes, you need to set the edge because, again, he runs. And if you don't mm -hmm. set the edge and you let him, you know, break free on the edge, it's going to be a long day for you. So, yeah, those things are true. But 
you can do those things. You can have that plan in motion, plan in place, and even execute it the way that you want. Hmm. And Lamar's just just different, <laughs> excellent in a way that might not just it just might not matter what your plan was or what you or that you know is coming. You're, you know how demoralizing it is when you know something is coming and you still can't stop it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna chase him, but I can't catch him. You know, uh, I, I'm gonna try to contain, but he's still gonna juke me. <laughs> that type of thing. And then you talk about where their bread and butter is obviously the running game. Like we're talking about Lamar Jackson. Excellent. They, they, you know, they always have a running back that compliments Lamar Jackson. Well, even though he's all, you know, somehow their, their quarterback and their best running back. Like, he led him in rushing this past year. <laughs> and, and, and he does it. He does it routine. Like 820 on the ground, if I'm not mistaken. 825. When, when he's healthy and playing at an MVP level, that's what he does. That's what he does. You know, so so the, the plan, I think, is going to be just fine. Is it going to work is the question. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but but obviously, Lamar Jackson in the run game is a problem. And, and again, their bread and butter in the passing game is what they like to do in the middle of the field. So the the play of a Blake Cashman and a Christian Harris, I think, is going to be really critical on how they match up with the tight ends. Also, the safeties, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson and Jalen Petrie. Um, and, and honestly, just the slot, the slot corner, Desmond King, Desmond King, excuse me, how they match up with all of what the Ravens are going to want to do across the middle of the field. I think it's going to be fascinating because you also got Mark Andrews, who looks like like I don't know if he's going to play or what exactly, but he could be in the mix. And even if he's not, this Isaiah Lively kid has has really shown up. So they've got some options and they do some things offensively that I think is going to really challenge this Texans defense in a real way. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. That was B. Scott with Cody. They got some more interesting takes and a very nice conversation coming on the other side. Uh, But I definitely want to let you guys know that before we get to the Super Bowl, before the NFL season is over, there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, guys. You got many different ways that you can bet. Got live, same game parlays, make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a walk-in TD. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Uh, Kickoff is at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Um, I think the game is going to be on ESPN. Um, Texans first divisional round since 2019. We ain't about to revisit what happened that year. But B. Scott, the game is probably going to be over about what? About 6, 6.30-ish, um, depending on if there's an overtime. When this game is over, are we celebrating the first conference championship game in franchise history? Or are we saying it's okay what a phenomenal season. Where can the Houston Texans improve to hopefully to go further in 2024? Yeah, no, I, I think that improvement talk gonna have to wait a little bit. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't I don't think that it's just time. 
for off-season talk. I don't think it's time for off-season discussions. What's that? Mm-hmm. What's that mean? What's that quote from Marcus Peters? I forget the context. Where he's like, "I said we ain't done yet." Yes, sir. <laughs> and and I, I feel that. I, I feel that. Look, the the Ravens are a nine-point favorite going into this game as we speak as we record this podcast and, and rightfully so they're the number one seed mm-hmm. they got a lot of qualities about their team that indicate you know that that they are the best team not just in the afc but in football we saw how they matched up against the 49ers did their thing against them like mm-hmm. they've beaten some of the better teams in football they've had like they they are a a by this season standards by the 2023 nfl standards a great team mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not gonna try to take that away from them. i'm not gonna try to dismiss or belittle what the Ravens have accomplished so far this year. But here's my thing. If the Tex, if the Texans that we're going to get on Saturday is a drastically different version of the Texans that we got in that first game, and it's much more like the Texans that we've been watching over the last three weeks. I'm talking about the ones that blew out the Titans at home on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Talking about the ones that went on the road and beat the Colts to ensure their spot in the postseason to begin with. And then, of course, the one again on Saturday, this past Saturday against the Browns that completely outclassed the Browns. I was concerned in that game, like, you know, and maybe this is why I have so much confidence in the offense. I was concerned in that game, like, how are the, how is the Texans offense going to do against this good of a defense? Mm. How are they going to show up against this good of a defense? With C.J. Stroud out there, uh, you know, have the defense that he had played against the the, the Colts and the Titans, the, to me, was not on par with what he, he was about to see with the Browns. And he made light work of them. You know, so, so my focus has shifted a little bit. And now it's more so of, hey, what the Ravens bring to the table offensively concerns me a lot more than what the Browns bring to the t- brought to the table offensively. And so, and not just like better, but different. Yeah. So different to plan for. So different to 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 try to anticipate. Like, there's just not another team that's like this. Like, on top of the quality, there's a uniqueness about them that I think is special, and, and again, going to be difficult to deal with for the Texans. But I do think that they're up for the challenge. And, and I, I hate to be reductive or simple. But also, man, when like this, this game comes down to we we talked to Brian Cushing about this before Saturday's game, and he mentioned this uh, on a question about C.J. Stroud, but just mentioned this is his own opinion, and it's not controversial. It, it should be sort of considered as fact, man. When you have a quarterback that is that is of a certain level, you have a chance, hmm. and, and not only that, like. You know, if if it comes down to it and this is a shootout, you know, like the Raven, let's say the Ravens are doing all of the things that I'm concerned about mm-hmm. against the, the, the Texans defense. Ravens people, Baltimore folks need to be concerned about C.J. Stroud carving up their defense as well. No. Because that's possible. <laughs> and, and, and then you look at it too, Cody. I, I'm thinking about, and I don't know how big of a issue this is going to be, but I think it's it's significant enough to note Marlon Humphrey one of the better cornerbacks in, in football has not been practicing he might play mm-hmm. he might but it's, it's trending toward he, he won't play you know or got injured uh on, in their New Year's Eve game and has not practiced since then mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Did not did not play in the first game, but again, the Texans weren't the Texans that we know now. Mm-hmm. So now the CJ Stroud and Nico Collins have emerged as one of the better quarterback wide receiver duos and combos in football, which we did not necessarily anticipate in the beginning of the year and certainly wasn't the case when they first played each other. Now that that has happened, it seems more important that Marlon Humphrey will be out there, you know, to to mm-hmm. to check Nico Collins. So so I, I like I like the prospect of a shootout. I thought that the Browns game was going to be a shootout, and, and the Texans was the only one that that, that did the shooting. Hmm. <laughs> Browns Browns didn't do no shoot, so it wasn't as much as of a shootout as I thought it was going to be. But I do think that this one has the potential for that, and. I'm going to go uh, – look, I, I'll, I'll pick you a score. I'm going to go 35-31 Texans in this one. Oh, man, you got a close one like me. I think on the crossover show I said 27-24, Kaimi Fairbear kicks the game-winning field goal, and we will be celebrating the very first conference championship game for the Houston Texans. I was about to say in the city of Houston, but I forgot yeah. that other yeah. team. The, yeah, the yeah. other team. That's old news. That other team. Yeah, that other <laughs> team. I want to be clear, since you gave the Kaimi Fairbairn field, I want to be clear on my prediction. I, I, I'm i saying 35-31 because since we're just doing predictions, right, we're just throwing, throwing it out there. Mm. My prediction is that a field goal is not enough uh, and, and they need you know, so they they go down, or maybe a field goal is enough. A field goal ties it. But what what happens is they go down, and instead of getting the field goal, final final drive of the game, they score a touchdown. They get in the end zone, Dang. and it's thirty five. Like it's like it's thirty one twenty eight. Need a field goal to tie, but up. Uh, Texans found that end zone, baby. And, and look, this this is a tall task. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to overlook <laughs> this. The Ravens. Let me make sure I have this right too. The Ravens. They have the number one defense in points allowed. Mm-hmm. All right, the number one defense in points allowed, and they get to the quarterback. Number one defense in sacks. So I am – there is reason to be concerned about C.J. Stroud, the protection, hoping that it holds up, all of that. But, man, I've just I've just seen them elevate. I've seen them level up in a way that has me confident about their chances in this game. And, honestly, Cody, for me, when it comes down to it, they could lose this game. They're the underdog. They are the surprise team. They could absolutely go out there and go up there and lose this game. But the only way I'll be disappointed about it is if they beat themselves, if they give the game away, if it's there yeah. to be had, if it's there to be had and they don't take it the way they talk about seizing the moment and executing at a high level and at your best when the moment is big. Like they've talked about that. CJ Stroud has talked about that. D'Amico Ryans has talked about all of them have talked about this. If that be the reason why they lose and that would be disappointing, that would be something that I think will be fair to criticize them for even with this surprise run that they've had. But if they go out there and just get beat because the Ravens are better and and they just get outplayed, I think that that's something that we could all accept and, and go into the, into the 2024 season and more, I guess, urgently into the off season feeling like, Hey, there's something here to build on we're gonna feel like that anyway probably even if they were to get blown out 
Yeah. But 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 if they go out there and play a game that is again on par and on brand with what we've been watching, I feel like they're in pretty good shape with an opportunity to win the game. And certainly if they lose in that case, it would be nothing to hang their heads about. Hmm. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. B. Scott, tell the listeners where they can follow you at on all your social media platforms. Tell them about the B-Block podcast and your work over at Bleacher Report because the Texans are about to, you know, whether they go, whether they finish on Saturday or they make it to Las Vegas, we're getting closer to the end of the 2023 season. Then that's another team in Houston. They play baseball. They go by the Astros. They getting ready to, you know, start a base spring training and stuff. So be sure to tell them about your baseball work as well. Yeah, man. Follow all my projects, man. I'm at Brandon K. Scott on X, formerly known as Twitter. Of course, you got the H-Town Hoops podcast with Adam Spillane that we do on the Rockets. Uh, y'all should follow the B-Block. Y'all should mm-hmm. follow Sports Radio 610. Y'all should follow me on Cron.com when I'm writing about I'll be writing about really pretty much all of the sports over there, the Houston sports over there, um, writing columns for them. And then, of course, Bleacher Report, like you mentioned, uh, where I'm doing the baseball work. So hit me up on X and you can find any and all of it. Hmm. Sounds good. Appreciate you, B. Scott. Hopefully we could do another round preview conference championship. At that point, we got to get us all together. Wakanda forever for real. I'm yeah. not joking about that. <laughs> a, 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 a requirement, a requirement. Exactly. If we find ourselves in position to be talking about a team playing in the AFC championship mm-hmm. after the podcast and episodes that we've done over the last few years, discussing the team that seemed like it was headed nowhere, or at least we didn't see division, then <laughs> we would be, it would be a dereliction of our duty to not come back to the people not come back to the wonderful Locked On Texans audience in audio form, in YouTube, in video form, wherever y'all are at Mm. and come back to y'all with that fire. Mm, Yes, sir. We we come back with that fire. No doubt about it, baby. 